In dunya also we see two systems. One is a system that see how certain things are done and that becomes the means to other things happening. Person drinks some water, he sees or he feels how that water quenches his thirst. The direct result of that drinking of the water, he felt the effect. Somebody lights a fire, he sees that fire burning. He sees things in that fire getting burnt. The direct effect of the fire on the things that get burnt in front of his eyes. So any person who has experienced this, he sees it once, he feels it once, he understands it 100%. He accepts it 100%. He believes in it 100%. And he is so convinced about it, that if somebody tries to explain to him in the most eloquent way also that what you saw is not true it doesn't happen like that you put your hand in this fire you won't get burned don't worry he will never believe you he says I am going to be out of my mind if I accept what you are saying that is how convinced he is about what he has seen so one is that which we see with our eyes we feel we can perceive exactly what is going on but at the same time there are certain things which are not so direct but any person with some understanding knows that this is not without the link for example a little child you show him the switch on the wall person presses the switch and he shows him the light came on so little child thinks well it's magic but a person with a little bit of understanding he can see that this is not magic he knows that behind this wall behind the ceiling there are these wires that are running that are connected so he has that understanding to know that this is also linked so some things are very very clear even the child can see that this fire burned but the child is not to that level that he can understand that this switch and that light is linked but a person who can understand it, he knows it's there. He's 100% about it. He's convinced. Nobody can try to explain to him that all the wiring has been cut out. There's no connection whatsoever, but you press the switch here, the light will still come on. He won't accept it. So this is one realm, this is one space that we are in, dunya, where we see the cause and effect, we see what goes on. But there's something beyond that as well. That is the unseen system of Allah Ta'ala which is also linked. There are certain aspects that a person does and it has certain effects. And a person who has that inner sight, one is a person with the external sight, the eyes that he can see with, he can see fire burning. Likewise a person with that inner sight, 
call it Imam, call it Yaqeen, conviction, whatever other description in this line that can be given to it, but it is that inner vision of Iman that enables him to see the link between things beyond what we see in dunya. And who could have explained this to us better than Sayyidina Rasulullah who saw everything with his physical eyes also. So among the various things that Nabi Islam explained to us, one very concise Hadith Sharif, which is actually an ocean of knowledge. In this concise Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam has given us some aspects which are linked against what our eyes can see, but which are linked in a different way from the unseen, opposite to what our eyes can see. This is the strange part of it, or the amazing rather, part of it, that here certain things we can see with our eyes, that this is the result of this action. But the inner vision with which Nabi Islam saw things, and in the light of that wahi and revelation that Allah blessed him with, he is saying to us that don't believe your eyes, what actually the case is, is the opposite of what you can see. And a mu'min, this is where his iman and yaqeen comes. That he will negate what his eyes can see if Nabi Wasallam has told him something else. He will accept that. That is 100%. What my eyes can see can be deceiving. What I can perceive and feel can deceive me. What I may hear can be deceiving. But what Rasulullah has told me, that is 100%. So in this short concise hadith, this is what the lesson is being given to us. They don't believe your eyes in everything you see. Many things will be fine, what you'll see is what the reality is also. But don't believe everything you see. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything that you feel. If Allah and His Rasul have told you something else, then you forget what you have seen or what you think you can see what you feel happening, what you can understand with your intelligence, then put all that aside. So in this concise Hadith Sharif, three things have been mentioned by Rasulullah First thing, مَا نَقَصَدْ صَدَقَةٌ مِنْ مَالٍ That sadaqa never decreases well. Sadaqa never decreases well. Now here is the challenge to a person's eyes and understanding. That his eyes can see a person has got a thousand rands, he has spent a hundred rands from there, and his eyes can count, can see nine hundred, his hands are counting over and over again, there's only nine hundred here. His intelligence and understanding is telling him that it has come down by a hundred rands. It has decreased. But Rasulullah is saying to us, don't believe what you can see. Don't believe what you can understand out of this. You believe what I am telling you now. And what I am telling you, Nabi Salaam is saying to us, is ma naqasad sadaqatun min malin. That sadaqa never decreases well. One is in the sense of the akhirat, that if a person, for example, has got a thousand rands here, and he took 900 rands out of that and he deposited it in his bank account somewhere. 
So he doesn't feel in any way that anything has decreased. He's 100% sure he's got everything still. It doesn't matter of where it was kept. First it was kept in his pocket, now it's kept in the account. And if he sent it offshore, he's even more happy. He feels somehow in his mind, whereas sometimes offshore it can sink even offshore also. But somehow in the back of his mind he feels more secure. And if somebody tells him, you sent it offshore, you lost it, he says, you worry about your work, I'll worry about mine. So he is more than happy that now he has sent it offshore, he doesn't feel anything has gone less anywhere. So one is in that sense that the person who has this yaqeen of akhirat, and this is all about yaqeen, this whole hadith sharif is about yaqeen, this whole life of a mu'min is about yaqeen. Right at the beginning of Surah Baqarah, Allah wa ta'ala describes the qualities of the muttaqeen and who will get guidance out of this Quran Sharif. Zalikal kitabu la raibafi khudallil muttaqeen. That this book of Allah wa ta'ala is guidance for the muttaqeen. Who are the muttaqeen? The first quality, alladheena yu'minuna bil ghayb. They have iman in the unseen. وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And then further Allah Ta'ala says وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَبِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ يُقِنُونَ Again in the end. That they have complete yaqeen and conviction in a hereafter. This dunya is not the be all and end all for them. This is a very very temporary and a minute phase in their existence. <coughs> this is a very very temporary phase of this journey towards Akhirah. It's like just in a waiting lounge at some station or some airport, that's all it is, nothing else. So the whole thing is about Yaqeen. That to shift the Yaqeen from what we can see, what we can think, what we can understand, to that which Allah and His Nabi Salaam have given us. So Nabi Salaam is saying, don't believe your eyes. What you have sent, you have now got something with you, something you have spent in the path of Allah Ta'ala, you have sent it in a bank which can never sink. Something offshore can also go haywire. But in the bank of Akhirat it can never ever sink. Rather that is where it appreciates more than anything in dunya. That is an investment that has rewards beyond which any person in dunya can even dream of. The Quran Sharif in many ayat Allah gives the details of it. كَمَثَلِ حَبَّةٍ أَنْبَتَتْ سَبْعَ سَنَابِلْ فِي كُلِّ سُنْبُلَةٍ مِئَةُ حَبَّةٍ وَاللَّهُ يُضَاعِفُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ The crux of this whole ayat is one seed a person planted and it brings forth in the end 700 seeds which then further get planted and Allah knows best how it keeps multiplying. So Allah gives this example in the Quran Sharif like a person now planted one seed and then it brought out the stalk and then came this seven corns, seven ears of corn and then each one has hundred seeds in it. So hundred seeds out of one seed. So this is the way it keeps appreciating in that investment of akhirat. So one is this reality. It doesn't decrease, it increases. يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ الرِّبَى وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ Allah Ta'ala totally uproots that riba in interest. And Allah Ta'ala increases the sadaqat, the reward of it, the benefit of it in akhirat. 
but it's not confined to the akhirah. This lesson that Nabi Islam is giving us that ma naqasat sadaqatun min malin sadaqah doesn't decrease wealth is even in dunya that a person can see 1000 came down to 900 but what he'll get the production out of that 900 will, will, be, will be beyond another person's 5000 also the barakat that will come in that wealth which he spends out of it for Allah Ta'ala. but in the same ayat of the Quran Sharif that we just discussed Allah Ta'ala gives the example of planting a seed and then the seed bringing forth so many things this is a very very deep example everything about the Quran Sharif is beyond what we can even get to the depth of but there are three things in planting one is the seed must be ripe person plants a rotten seed is not going to give rise to any tree or any fruit that seed must be ripe, it must be a healthy seed then the person planting must also know how to go about it person is not a farmer, he doesn't, he's never planted anything in his life and he just throws a seed anyhow and he's waiting for it to grow now he has to be doing it in the right way, so he has to know how to go about planting that seed and then at the same time the ground in which he's planting it must also be correct it must be fertile ground He's planting it in sea sand and now he's waiting for it to grow. He's planting it on a hard rock. He's not going to grow. So likewise, the sadaqah that a person gives in the path of Allah Ta'ala or whatever he spends in some righteous work, helping somebody in need, etc. So the first thing is that that seed must be right. That wealth must be halal. Allah Ta'ala is pure He only accepts that which is pure So if that wealth is not earned in a halal way If that wealth is earned in a way that is Tainted If that wealth is earned in a way which was against the Rule and the spirit of Sharia One is the law of Sharia And together with the law is the spirit of Sharia the spirit of Shariat is that a person lives and let live. That a person enjoys and allows others to enjoy also. Now he made a good healthy profit, but how? Out of squeezing it out of the next person. In such a way that he left that person really broken. <coughs> out of exploiting somebody. Out of exploiting maybe the people that helped him to earn it. So now that's not again, that's not in conformity with the spirit of deen. The spirit that Nabi Islam taught us. That where a person is deserving of, as an example, one, Nabi Islam is giving him ten. He's deserving one, Nabi Islam is giving him ten. And often, unfortunately, nowadays it would be the situation where a person is deserving ten, somehow will get him to agree to accept five. And because somehow it's squeezed out of his mouth that fine, 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 five is okay, so what do, you, what do you do? So we're happy about it. He said, okay, it's fine. I didn't, he didn't say ten and I gave him five. He accepted five. But in our heart of hearts, we know how he got that five, got him to do it for five. So that is against the spirit of deen, of akhlaq that Nabi Sallallahu taught us. So number one, that wealth must come in a halal way. 
And when it comes in a halal way, it comes in a way that was in conformance to the spirit of Shariat as well. Now it will bring its full benefit. This is a healthy seed. Then the person must know how to plant it as well. He must know what are the avenues to spend this wealth in. Or sometimes he says, well I'm spending my wealth in some service of deen. What service of deen? So well, somebody is now having some kind of program or function, whatever, and all intermingling men and women, and there's some music playing also, and because it's in the name of deen, it has become a function of deen. Now he's spending his money there thinking he's earning some reward and so on. Whereas this is assisting to harm deen. Now it's like that farmer who took that seed, or the person who wasn't a farmer, he took that seed and just threw it, and he's waiting for it to sprout. So he spent his money, but he'll get nothing out of it. Because he didn't spend it or plant it in the right ground. He has to plant it in the right place. And then after having, he must know where to plant it to start off with. He must know the avenues to plant it, the right places to plant it. And after having known how to plant it, he must plant it in the right place, in the right ground. Give it to somebody who is truly deserving of it. Some place that will really earn him the profits. Otherwise he will spend it, but the benefit of it will depend whether where he spent it, how he spent it. So it must be halal, he must know where to take it to. And he's giving it to somebody deserving as well. Then he will get the full benefit of it. So in any case, Nabi Islam will be saying to us, don't believe your eyes. You believe what I am saying. And what I am saying is, مَا نَقَصَتْ صَدَقَةٌ مِّنْ مَالِ Sadaqa never decreases wealth. And the sadaqa, rather it increases wealth in the form that Allah Ta'ala will put so much of barakat in it. That that production that others get out of double the amount, triple the amount, he'll get in that amount. Then sadaqa, in the hadith, Nabi Islam says, As-sadaqatu tutfi'u ghadab al-rad wa tadfa'u meeta tassoo Sadaqah extinguishes the anger of Allah Ta'ala. And it protects a person from a bad death. Especially in the times that we are living in, Allah forbid the real thing is that we should be making sincere tawbah and encouraging one and all to make sincere tawbah from all the things that we get ourselves involved in, all the haram that brings down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, make sincere tawbah from it. Whether it is the sins of the eyes, the amount of haram that takes place by looking at haram on the internet and on people's phones and whatever else, which draws down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, kills the heart completely, kills the spirituality and the nuraniyat of the heart to the extent that a person now is performing salah also, but that salah is, there's no salah. Person is reciting Quran Sharif, there is no Quran Sharif also. And a person is at Baytullah, and even there too, he is like not there. And every iota of that nur of the heart which comes via ibadat is totally destroyed. And on top of that, the shamelessness that comes as a result, the person now becomes totally void of any shame. And all the things that come along as a result. Now this all draws down the azab of Allah Ta'ala. Whether it then comes in the form of droughts, whether it comes in the form of some turb, turmoil, whether it comes in the form of all kinds of threats 
and Allah forbid those threats getting then fulfilled and all kinds of things that happen the protection from this is firstly sincere tawbah and mending our lives bringing our lives back onto deen coming onto the Quran and Sunnah the way of life Rasulullah and the Sahabai Kiram that is the main thing and together with that Sadaqah is something that protects a person from calamities. Sadaqah is not confined to some huge amounts that only when a person has some very big amount to give then he is giving Sadaqah. Even that small amount in the Hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says Protect yourself from the fire of Jahannam even if you can give in Sadaqah a part of a date not even a whole date, a whole kajur. If all you can spare is one, one piece of it, then too don't feel shy about giving that one piece in sadaqah. Allah Ta'ala looks at the ikhlas in the heart. What is the person's intention and sincerity? And that one small piece of a date that he may give may be worth more in the court of Allah Ta'ala than another person's million also. So this is the first thing that sadaqah is not dependent on the quantity, whatever a person can spend. And he should be spending the other thing is regularly. Even if it's small amounts, minute amounts. But with ikhlas, with sincerity. And regularly, daily, something, some amount. Even if it's one grand a day, even it's 20 cents a day. But daily he's spending something. And obviously, more a person can spend the better. But this is something that should be a part and parcel of a mu'min's life. And this is a topic on his own, sadaqah. This sadaqah is so many forms and ways of sadaqah. This is one very fundamental form of sadaqah. But together with that, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, وَالْكَلِمَةُ الطَّيِّبَةُ sadaqatu." That saying a good word, saying a good word is sadaqah. Many a times a person will spend thousands of rands outside in sadaqah, but he can't even spare that good word of sadaqah inside his house. Inside his house, he only has the opposite of sadaqah. All kinds of hurtful things, demeaning things, things that will just humiliate somebody, things that will just keep making somebody feel miserable. And who is the somebody? His own people, his own parents, his own wife, his own children. Unfortunately, this is a tragic reality too. So this is sadaqah as well. To say something good, to say something encouraging, to enter the home with a smile and make salam. That salam with a smile is also sadaqah. Nabi Islam says, don't regard any good act as trivial. Even if you're meeting your Muslim fellow Muslim with a smiling face, that too is a great act. But fellow Muslim, so now we should just understand that very carefully. That when we're talking among ourselves, it's fellow Muslim brother. Unfortunately, a person only remembers the part about smiling only but to the Muslim sister only and the Muslim brother he forgot and where he should be smiling at his own wife they completely forgot but somewhere else he's smiling a lot now this is the lesson that we have been given the sadaqah is not confined to monetary sadaqah that is also a very fundamental part of sadaqah but together with the monetary sadaqah a good word is sadaqah Amr bil ma'roof and nahyan al munkar, enjoining the right, forbidding the evil. He encouraged somebody towards some good, that is sadaqah. He encouraged somebody to leave something wrong, that is sadaqah. 
He gave somebody directions. Somebody was lost. He gave the person directions. This is sadaqah. And Nabi Islam is saying that that sadaqah will become a means of protection for you from the fire of Jahannam. So sadaqah is such a great thing. So one, the first aspect of this hadith sharif, Nabi Islam says, مَا نَقَسَتْ صَدَقَةٌ مِنْ مَالٍ Then, وَمَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا بِعَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزَّةٌ That Allah Ta'ala increases a person's izzat and respect when he forgives. Here again it seems that this doesn't make sense. When a person forgives, then he is, so to say, accepting defeat. The person who accepts defeat, a defeated person is not somebody who is respected. Person who is defeated is now down. Person who is the victor, the victor is respected. Nabi Islam is saying, don't believe your eyes. Don't believe your intelligence. Don't believe what you think. You believe in what Nabi Islam is giving from Allah Taala. That وَمَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا بِعَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزَّةٍ Allah Ta'ala increases a person's izzat and honor on the basis of forgiveness. When he has a heart to forgive. Once, one person came to Rasulullah and he asked a question. That he asked that how many times كَمْ أَعْفُوا الْخَادِمَةً how many times must I forgive my own servant, my slave? Now that's a slave. In those days, this was slavery was a thing in, that used to happen. And that, that person was property. He belonged to the owner. Now this person who is his property. And now the master is asking, how many times must I forgive him? So Nabi Salaam kept silent. He asked the question the second time. Nabi Salaam didn't reply the second time. Then the third time he asked the question, How many times must I forgive my servant, my slave? Nabi Salaam then replied, Forgive him even 70 times in the day. In one day, he made a mistake, 70 mistakes he made. Forgive him one after the other. Now who is this? Somebody who is property. Somebody who is property. He's totally owned by the master. Master can go and sell him off. But Nabi Salaam says he's still human. He's still insan. Yes, he's your slave. He's your property. You own him. But you don't own his humanity. You don't own his humanity. So what about those who we don't own in any way? Forget those who we don't own in any way. Those who we should be like their slaves, our own parents. Those who are our life partners. Those who help us to make the millions that we make. Those who are part and parcel of our lives. Now here is property. Person owns that slave. That is part of his ownership. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam forgive him 70 times also. So forgive him 70 times. What about these people? How many times? Maybe 70 times 70. So this is the lesson of forgiveness that Nabi Islam is teaching. And Nabi Islam is saying that when a person forgives, the eyes will see a defeated person. The eyes will, or the mind will understand the person who is now down and out. 
But Allah Ta'ala's promise is, I have increased that person's izzat. Imam Abu Hanifa is sitting in a gathering of his students, and one person comes up and he slaps him. Can we imagine the scene? Imam of the time, such a great personality like somebody now comes and the Imam of the Haram is sitting. Because that was the, the respect and honor that he enjoyed, that was the maqam and the position that he enjoyed, that Allah Ta'ala blessed him with. Now this person comes and slaps him in the middle of his ga- of a gathering. So Imam Sahib very coolly and calmly looks at him and he says to him that look you have slapped me, you have hurt me. If I want I can slap you back. <coughs> because an eye for an eye, so you have hurt me, I am entitled to take revenge in the exact amount. So I am entitled to do it but I won't do it. If I want, my friends who are seated here, I can ask one of them to take revenge on my behalf. Because you hurt me, I'm entitled to take revenge, but I won't ask them to do it also. If I want, I can go to the Qazi and lay a complaint, and the Qazi will take revenge on my behalf. But I won't do that also. If I want, I can curse you. Because you hurt me, so I'm entitled to curse you. But I won't curse you also. And if I want, I can leave it for the day of Qiyamah. Hmm. On that day, every thing that did not get settled in dunya will get settled on the day of Qiyamah. And they, one dirham of this world, one dirham with barely a few rands, when it gets settled on the day of Qiyamah, it will get settled in lieu of 700 accepted salah. Hmm. One dirham, 700 accepted salah. How many accepted salah do we think we have? So in any case, Imam Sahib said to him, if I want, I can leave it for the day of Qiyamah. And I will ask for the comp- compensation on that day, to be given retribution on that day. But I won't even leave it for that day. Instead, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala give me Jannah. And if Allah Ta'ala give me the permission to intercede on anybody's behalf, I will intercede on your behalf and take you to Jannah. Now why are we sitting here so many centuries later, over a thousand years later and we are talking with such awe about this incident and we are so inspired by it because Allah Ta'ala increased his izzat with this forgiveness. That this outwardly seems like a defeat but it's no defeat. It's a defeat only in the court of shaitan that a person forgave he apparently got defeated. But in the court of Rahman, in the court of Rahman is no defeat. He's won. He's won many, many things. He's won the izzat of dunya also. He's won the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. He's won the great benefits of akhirat. And he's won so many other barakat and blessings of dunya too. So this is the lesson Nabi Islam is saying, When a person forgives, that forgiveness doesn't take him backwards. This takes him far ahead. There are so many incidents of our Kabir, of the Ahlullah, that no matter what happens, but their hearts were so filled with this forgiveness. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, rahmatullahi he was imprisoned by the ruler of the time because he didn't compromise on the haq. He was not prepared to shift one bit from the truth. And he stood by the truth. 
So as a result this went against the king of the time. So in any case it's a lengthy incident but as a result of this he was now imprisoned for a long time and every day he was given a hundred lashes. Can you imagine a hundred lashes? And eventually after some time, long time he was released. The person who was responsible for lashing him, he one day came to ask for forgiveness. He says before the second lash fell I already forgave the first one. Before the second lash was falling each time I had already forgiven the previous one. Because at that time in my mind was, why should somebody from the Ummah of Nabi Wasallam be taken to task on the day of Qiyamah due to me? This is a heart. And this heart of forgiveness today and so many centuries later until Qiyamah will serve as inspiration. So this is the Izzat. And this is the honor Allah Ta'ala gave. This is the unfolding of this Hadith Sharif in front of our eyes. Outwardly, that revenge that a person sometimes takes, one is there is something of some value, some monetary claim, whatever that a person is entitled to in a dignified way, make his claim, try to get what he what he's entitled to in a proper way within the limits that's in his place. But when there isn't anything to recover, then what is the point of holding it? What is the point of living with it, walking around with it, with this burden over our heads? That is something now to use as an opportunity to earn this great blessing from Allah Taala and to get the great rewards of Akhirat. So this is the second lesson Nabi Salaam gives in this Hadith Sharif: "Wama zad Allahu abdan bi'afwin illa izza." Just on this one aspect, that once Sirri Sakti Rahmatullahi great Buzruk of the time, he is resting under one tree. Now all these things of forgiveness, the next quality that we will speak about, tawazu, all this deals with akhlaq. All this is akhlaq. This one tree, he comes and he takes a small rest under this tree, suddenly he can hear a voice, this tree is talking to him. How is talking to him, whether it's just a voice of the unseen, Allah knows best. Allah Ta'ala is the Qadir and Allah Ta'ala has full qudrat over everything. أَنْتَقَنَ اللَّهُ الَّذِي أَنْتَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ On the day of Qiyamah, every limb will speak. Person will be amazed, how are you speaking? The limbs will answer, أَنْتَقَنَ اللَّهُ الَّذِي أَنْتَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ Allah Ta'ala made us speak. So any case, he's hearing this tree talking to him. The tree is saying to him, يَا سِرِّي كُنْ مِثْلِي O Sirri, become like me. So become like you, what does this mean, become like you? So he said, become like me. النَّاسُ يَرْمُونَنِي بِالْأَحْجَارِ وَأَنَا أَرْمِيهِمْ بِالْأَسْمَارِ Become like me. People throw stones at me. I return it with fruit. People throw stones at me, I throw back fruit at them. Now this is the akhlaq that is being taught. Nabi Islam is giving us this lesson. And people's dunya is dunya. And dunya, all kinds of things happen in dunya. And some people, that's how they carry on with their lives. They'll keep throwing stones. But... We'll do our best to duck and dive past those stones. Don't deliberately stand in the way. But if sometimes something just whizzes past and scratches something, this is the real, the high level of things that a person has this jazba of forgiveness. Especially when it is near and dear ones, family, etc. These things happen, dunya is dunya. Sometimes somebody by mistake blurted out something. Not the right thing to do, the wrong thing to blurt out something without thinking. 
somebody did something which he shouldn't have done. This is dunya unfortunately, we make mistakes, others make mistakes, we sometimes slip and fall, others slip and fall. But this is the person who really takes it all after that. The person who gains the greatest, who has his heart of forgiveness. So Nabi Salaam says that the person who forgives Allah Ta'ala increases his izzat. And the last lesson in this hadith sharif, وَمَا تَوَادَعَ أَحَدٌ لِلَّهِ إِلَّا رَفَعَهُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَ That a person who humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala, not humbles himself to be regarded as humble. That he is doing is dunya. If his object of humbling himself is so that I may be regarded as a humble person, then he is also after dunya. Because what he wants is the admiration of people. What is the admiration of people? This is dunya. So he is not doing it for Allah Ta'ala. So a person who humbles himself only for Allah Ta'ala. Man tawada'alillah. And there are all these situations that come right around us all the time. Those situations that come in our own homes, which require that a person adopts tawazu. Now at that time a person would say, I'm boss. And it'll be my way or the highway. So now often many people adopted that policy, my way or the highway. In the end, they got left standing on the highway hitching a lift. <laughs> because that policy doesn't work. So, the thing is that this tawazu and humility, Nabi Islam is saying, وَمَا أَحَدٌ لِلَّهِ That a person who humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will elevate him. A person humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will elevate him. And this is filled with examples in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu the sahaba kiram the awliya of the ummah every era and every time whoever has achieved anything in terms of any level of spirituality person who has reached any distinguished position in deen it has never happened obviously with various other aspects but it has never happened minus tawazu that a person had many other things in his life but he didn't have tawazu and he reached a very high rank, impossible. This is a fundamental quality of a mu'min and to the extent that a person will adopt tawazu and in the line of suluk and tasawuf, this is something which the Ahlullah say that the first lesson of suluk and tasawuf is apne kum mitana to totally annihilate oneself, the nafs. That my, the ego, that I, me, that focusing on oneself, that totally to annihilate it. That is the first lesson. Person who has adopted this tawazu, who has acquired this annihilation of the nafs, then now he is on the way to progress and the way to success. Hazrat Musa on one occasion asked Allah wa ta'ala, that what is the easiest way to get to you, Ya Allah? Nabi Allah Ta'ala replied, Da' nafsaka wa ta'al. This was a lesson for people to come. Put your one foot on the nafs, and then you are with me. And I like this nafs. This is where the tawazu comes. That a person is ready to humble himself. I am nobody. I am nothing. And he keeps reminding himself of his reality. What am I? How helpless insan is. He thinks I am somebody, I am something. But how in moments... Everything is gone. Person is here now and now he's gone. This morning one incident just passed by. One person was driving one bus in Pakistan. 
Muslim person, good person, pious person, this was his job, he was a bus driver, was driving a bus and going at normal speed <coughs> and suddenly he braked and he pulled over, now he's driving on a highway or whatever and then he braked and he pulled over and he pulled over and he said to the conductor, let them in. The conductor thought as it happens sometimes, somebody, now this is not a bus stop, but some people now are on the roadside hitching, waiting for some transport. Maybe the driver saw somebody, he didn't even notice. So he opened the door, the bus stopped, he opened the door, can see nobody. So he said to, he's shouting from the spot he's standing on, he looked back left and right, he says, nobody here, carry on. So now he said, nobody here, the bus is not taking off. So again he said, nobody here, carry on. He's wondering why the bus is not taking off now, this person can hear me, he can't hear me. So he climbed the two, three steps and came up. He says, this person has passed away. He's passed away right there. Allah knows best who he saw. Allah knows best who he saw, whether it was those angels of Rahmat that were waiting to take him. Because that was the spot that they were supposed to take him. They didn't need the door to be opened. They would have come before the door got opened. And he was there to receive them on time. So this is life. And when the time comes to go, everything will get left behind. All our big, big achievements that we think are achievements, all our whatever we have amassed and all the things of dunya, everything will get left behind. Only that will come with us is our iman, our amal. So this is what we have to strive for, this is what we have to aspire for, how we can acquire the maximum of akhirat. And that starts off on this point of yaqeen. That we build our conviction in that which Allah and His Nabi have given us. To the extent of that yaqeen, then we look for one one moment to recite that one subhanallah. That one moment that we have while passing the marketplace, driving past also, we won't let that moment go without at least reciting the fourth kalima once. Because of the million rewards we'll get. And every other opportunity that we can, because this is now what we're going to take along. Everything else will get left behind. So this is what we have to look towards. This very simple, very concise Hadith Sharif, which is filled with so much of a whole, the manifesto of life is in here. And the whole prescription of peace in dunya and getting the everlasting bounties of akhirat. Everything is in this one short Hadith. When Nabi Salaam says, Ma naqasat sadaqatun min malin, sadaqa doesn't decrease wealth. So this is something we should be constantly doing. And Allah Ta'ala increases a person's izzat by means of him forgiving. The person who humbles himself, Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala elevates him. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala give us the full understanding and reality of these words of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and make it a part and parcel of our lives. Wa'akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. For a few minutes, two, three minutes, we'll make some short zikr and then make dua The Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned that a person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of doing good deeds and this will become the means of his getting protected from sin and inshallah as a result he'll get this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. Inshallah we'll recite just a few times now but we should try and make this a daily practice that hundred times a day, La ilaha illallah. Recite Duru Sharif. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa 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 ala
جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهل ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب الينا الايمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم اغفر لامتي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله